Welcome back to another episode of Questions with Crocker with my hubby, where we go behind the scenes talking about all things veterinary medicine based on the questions that you submit. So make sure to like, share this podcast in general, and you can submit questions on our social media platforms. Yes, I was going to get to the reviews. reviews. You never even let me finish the intro. Who's the host of this? That would be my name's first. So, yes, please leave us reviews. And thank you to everyone who has uh, left us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This is a new podcast. So anything we can do to get the word out about it would be awesome. We are excited to be here today. I am probably not going to talk as much. I know you're sad about that, but we are going to talk a lot about business 101 in veterinary medicine. And these are things that in general, I had to learn uh, going into business, owning our own vet hospital. And I think I've learned a lot from you. I will I will have to admit. Yes. Hopefully you've learned a little bit from me too. Yes. But we're going to get into the basics of business, uh, the foundation you should have, the things you should ask yourself about before you buy a vet hospital. And then once you buy a vet hospital, how to look at things from a larger view uh, and increase profits, especially if you're buying an established veterinary practice. Yes. So we're going to get into all that. First, a little bit of uh, housekeeping. Like I said, like and share this podcast, please. Uh, but also, we have on our social media channels some different cases that you can interact with. We have behind the scenes with the emergency room that I work in. That is an open concept ER. A lot of people are interested in that. So if you want to know more about the day-to-day life of veterinary medicine, you can definitely follow us at, at doctor.tanasia.crocker. And then our vet hospital is actually at A-V-A-H vet. So you can check out our hospital and uh, see all the fun that we have while we're helping pets. All right. So today we usually do a this or that or a word of the week for shame. And we are going to do a word of the week today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So your word today that I would like you to spell is seizure. Can you use that in a sentence, please? (laughs) Uh, As an emergency veterinarian, dogs come into me having seizures all the time. What is the origin of the word? <laughs> I don't know. And don't put it. No, you no, cannot like, write it out. No, you are trying to put it on your iPad. Know. Does it start with an S? It does start with an S. Well done. S-E-A-C-U-R-S. Seizures. That's close. I mean, it is not close <laughs> in the least. Oh, S-E-I-Z-E-R-S. I, you're getting warmer. S E I Z U R. I just missed it by one letter. You missed the E at the end, also. Close enough. All right. My spell check would have fixed it. You at least know what it is. Yes. So that is helpful. So if your dog is seizuring, make sure to take them to your local emergency veterinarian. Do not look me up on Instagram to get answers for that. (laughs) Don't ask Jane about it. I'm the veterinarian. He is the entrepreneur. Speaking of entrepreneurship, how many businesses do you and I own together, Shane Crocker? We own a few. And you are the COO for a lot of these businesses. What does that mean? I would say CFO, Chief Financial Officer. Okay. COO is more Chief Operations Officer. I try to delegate most most of the operations. I want to deal more with the numbers. Which is great because that's definitely not my strong suit. But when we were talking about buying this vet hospital that we have owned for a year, uh, we had a lot of discussion about the business side of things. And so – 
First, I want you to kind of lay out for everyone the things you've taught me about kind of your basic business foundation uh, thoughts that you have when you're looking at a business. Yeah, I think whether you're starting a business from scratch or, or buying a business, you have to look at it from kind of the 30,000 foot level right out of the gate. And there's really three things you can do in business to be successful, right? You can have a proprietary product that nobody else has. Um, you can be the cheapest in the industry, meaning you're selling stuff off a price, or you can lead with service, uh, whatever combination of service you want to, to put in the mix. You really can't be the cheapest in the industry and lead with a service. If you do that, you're probably not going to be successful and you're going to fail. So I think early on, you have to establish, what am I doing here? Do I have a proprietary product that nobody else has? Well, that's easy to sell. You can price it wherever you need to price it, right? Um, are you going to be uh, leading with price? If so, you need to understand what are other people driving uh, price-wise, and you have to be able to make sure that you can beat that and still be profitable, which, which as, you can. But as a private practice, when you're competing against these really large corporations that get great margins and pricing on inventory and things like that, that is going to be harder. Or if they have, you know, startup capital and that's just flooding in. It's definitely harder and, and you have to leave, you have to have more volume, right? If your price are cheaper, you have to drive more volume through the door. Yes. I'm not saying it's not a good model, but it is a model that you can be successful at. I don't think you can do that and lead with service, right? You can't have, you can't overstaff to get people in and out quick because your expenses are so high that it just doesn't work that way. So I think from the 30,000 foot view, you have to realize, okay, what are we going to do? Uh, and I think we established with our practice it was that we're going to lead with a version of service, which is more around the customer experience. We want the experience the customer has to be the best in the industry, which means we can't be the cheapest price wise. We're not going to be the most expensive, but we have to have a happy medium. And that was actually a discussion we had because this is the practice that I took my pets to when I was a kid with my parents. This hospital has been in our community for a long time. 40 plus years. And I never wanted to be so expensive that our own team members can't go there with their pets. And also we can't service as many people as possible in our community. And so that's been an interesting balance uh, when you're looking at the business side of things. So we have decided, yes, we're going to lead with service, the customer experience. We're going to make it a little more unique uh, and also have a team that is really devoted to that. uh, And that will hopefully help the business succeed as a whole. However, there's other things that definitely will make the business more successful. So get into a little bit once you decide which route you're taking. uh, What are the other things you have to look at, especially when you buy an existing practice? So it's been, you know, run a certain way for a long time and you want to increase profits because in our uh, circumstances, we want to do a renovation that mm-hmm. takes extra money. Uh, and we also wanted to staff up a little bit more because I do want to hire more veterinarians. So again, we can service more people in our community. So what are the things we had to look at uh, out of the gate that you taught me a lot about? Yeah. I mean, I think you can go into a lot of detail, a lot of debt here, depth here. I think you can, I mean, these can be individual podcast on each individual this topic is business 101 so let's we're doing a high surface level. high level view so there's three things you always tell me we need to look at yeah i think there's there's three i call them levers that you can pull especially financially when you're looking at the the pnl or profitability of the business um the three levers that i look at is increasing your top line revenue um and i'll just highlight them now and then we'll go back and talk okay. about them but increasing your top line revenue um increasing your prices and reducing your expenses 
those are kind of the three levers that you can pull. And there may be opportunities to pull those levers simultaneously, right? You may um, reduce expenses and increase your revenue, right? Um, it's not just one or the other, but those are really three levers that you can pull um, to increase profitability, if you will. So let's start with the first one. The first one, increase top line revenue. So there's a couple things out of the gate that were really easy to do and to look at. Uh, the main one was just getting more clients through the door yep. uh, and doing that by one, having a great service uh, and a great client experience because word of mouth, honestly, we haven't done a huge marketing push yet. And we had, what, 40 new clients last month. Mm -hmm. So just from us kind of changing the workflow a little bit, the efficiencies, we've integrated some technology that makes it easier for people to book appointments. Uh, and I think that that has all helped just word of mouth, getting it out there that we offer a great experience and people are referring to us. Uh, another portion of that that I feel very strongly about is obviously marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, and we are working more and more on coming up with a strategy for that. But I don't really want to market heavily until we have the staff uh, and the training and the building to take on a lot more clients. Yeah, that's, a, that's an important point. I mean, you definitely want to increase your traffic, your flow, increase your amount of customers coming to your facility. But you have to understand that if you just pull that lever and go, you know, balls to the wall with it, you have to make sure that you can support that, right? Especially if you decided we're going to lead with service. That's our model. And you go open up the floodgates for new customers coming in and you can't service them. That's a you know recipe for disaster. Yeah, you're setting yourself up to that's fail. Right. And honestly, as a veterinarian, I... That took a little bit for me to learn yeah. because I am a, a say yes person. And so I always wanted to like say yes to all the drop offs, say yes to all the people calling same day. And I've learned for my team uh, to be at their best. I need to make sure that I only fit in what we can actually do and do well yep. versus trying to fit everything in. And a lot of things are not same day emergencies where you have to plan for them. And, you know, planning your schedule where you can fit a few things in is important. But learning what your team is capable of and where they're at uh, and then adding to the team or adding to the training is really important. And I think specifically for us owning a hospital, right, and we know that this is one of the levers we want to pull we're doing some things to prepare for that. Mm -hmm. So we have a renovation plan in place that's going to allow us to increase our, our footprint from an exam room standpoint, which is going to allow you to hire more doctors. We're already staffing up our technical help. So we're, we're, we're moving down the path so that we can open up those floodgates. So again, that's a lever we can pull, and we know we want to pull it. We have to prepare for that. Let's make sure we highlight that Alta Vista Animal Hospital will be hiring more <laughs> doctors soon. As soon as the renovation gets done, which may or may not be longer than you're anticipating. But it takes a while to hire a great veterinarian. So we're just we're putting it out in the in the universe. Universe that's never slow a bad down. Thing. Uh, the other thing that we talked about with increasing top line revenue is offering like new technologies and service. Yep. So we did upgrade our ultrasound pretty yep. quickly uh, and we have a laser that yep. we can do laser therapy on. And so those are things that we can use that increase service and honestly are things that are really technology or technician driven, yep. which is great for me uh, on a revenue side of things. Um, so we're, we're looking at those different things. Now, the second thing uh, is improving margins. And I think that's different than just raising prices. But let's talk through that a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And when I say improve mar margins, I'm really talking about our gross margin, if you will. Um you want to increase the bottom line margin as well. But specifically, I'm talking about your gross margin here. A lot of that is through pricing strategy. Wait, right? back up. 
yeah. explain what gross margin is versus other margins. Yeah, so so you have what you what they call your cost of goods sold. So how much does it cost you to produce a product? Um, in our our specific case, you have to have some cost for your technician, and you have to have the cost for your vaccines or your sutures or your other products, right? Um, and then whatever's left over. That's where your other expenses come out of, but that's your gross margin uh, section of your P&L. So it's not your overall net of right. every expense that's taken right. out of there. It's your, okay. I just want to make sure everyone understood. Yes. And I wanted to show you that I've been listening. <laughs> that you've been listening. <laughs> so, so again, pricing strategy doesn't always mean you're going to increase prices, right? But it means you have to understand what the pricing is in your your industry or what's close by. Um, and again, we're not leading with being the cheapest out there. But we also don't want to be the most expensive. We have to understand what are other people charging for like services, and we have to price that accordingly. So there may be a scenario we have to go out and do a blanket price increase. There may be a scenario where we just need to increase prices on our vaccines because we're, we're low there. So just understanding the price and creating a pricing strategy will help in, improve those margins, if you will. I do think for us specifically, when we purchased this hospital, we discovered pretty quickly that there had been very little actual inventory management. Yes. So there wasn't a, a great idea of how much was sitting on the shelves, what we were actually spending on the inventory versus what it was going out the door for. Yep. Uh, and that was something that you taught me is really important. Yeah, and, that's probably the first thing we did, right? We recognized yes. that we had a system that was a little antiquated mm-hmm. um, and wasn't capable of it was capable of managing inventory, but not very easy, mm-hmm. right? So one of the first things we did was try to figure out how do we upgrade our system so that we can um, integrate in our inventory and make that process a lot easier and and understand what our, our gross margins really are. So there was a couple of things we did in that regard. Uh, we do work remotely a fair amount because, yeah. again, I'm not in the hospital every day. Uh, but we upgraded to EasyVet uh, because we felt like they had the best remote capability, but also in-hospital capability and inventory management. Yeah, and, and, that, and honestly, they weren't the sexiest system we looked at. We looked at a lot of systems, and yeah. there were a lot that were flashier, if mm-hmm. you will. But I felt like this had the most depth to it yes. uh, for what we needed. And they also uh, were not very clickable, like it yes. felt pretty easy for the team to use on the hospital side of things. Uh, on the business side of things, they were really integrated. So that was my big thing is I wanted a system that was integrated with as many different distributors uh, and different sources of you know lab equipment and things like that that we do so that everything is easier, just yeah. easier and flows better. And I think they're really um... – bodes well into point three, which is reducing some of your expenses. And we'll talk about more of the expenses as well. But one of the big expenses is what are you paying for product, right? Um, And understanding that if you have a good visibility into that, you can then understand, can I get this product at a better price somewhere else? Or can I buy this product in bulk and get it at a better price? But without having that visibility to it, you're just, you're shooting in the dark, if that makes sense. No, it it does. And I don't specifically do the ordering, but... Uh, Jessica Harrod, who is also an owner in the practice with us. She's a technician and she's amazing. She does. And the ability for her to go on these sites and be able to put the product in and see pricing from several distributors and pick what works best for us is great. And then the automatic price updates in our system are also great. And so those are little tips and tricks that one, make it easier on your team, which I think you and her had to really explain to me because I don't really do the inventory management, but it is the simplest things that made things 
just easier and yeah. flow better, where inventory was not such a hassle uh, and people didn't want to do it. And I do think we've done a much better job. And the interesting thing is, even though we have raised prices on some things and even our basic things like exams, we still looked at what was in the area and we are still lower than a majority of the hospitals close to us. And we have not gotten pushback from from these long-standing clients. And that was my biggest concern uh, because I'm more the client-facing person. But I think because we are still well within what the market is where we are, uh, we've been perfectly fine. Uh, the other thing that was really big with reducing expenses was KPIs, which I didn't even know what KPI meant. And so Shane had to explain that to me. Yeah, there's key performance indicators, right? So we th- th- there's many ways you can measure KPIs and what's kind of important to you and that that can change right you may have a kpi today that doesn't exist six months because you kind of figured it out and mastered it so we went to put together kind of some performance indicators that we wanted to monitor on a monthly basis quarterly basis you know annual basis and built out you know a very i would say manual spreadsheet if you will where i push data into these these different formulas to spit out our KPIs. One of those is really understanding the expenses associated with our hospital. So there's a lot of data that I found out there that give you baseline mm-hmm. um, where your expense as a percent of your revenue should fall within these ranges. And we're able to put that in our KPIs and drop those numbers in every month and realize, you know, we're in line with this expense. We're out of line with this expense. If we're out of line, why is that? Mm-hmm. Right. If we're if our, our cost for technical help is too high, why is that? And we can drive into that and understand the in-depth you know, reasoning behind it. So it was, a, it was a way for us to really understand what we have currently and where we're trying to get to using ratios that are norm you know, for a successful practice. If that makes sense. And I think for me, having data yeah. instead of just the feeling of like, we're making money. Like yeah. that literally is how a lot of veterinarians work is, I feel like we had a good week, yeah. but- they don't actually look at it, right? And they're like, we paid the bills, we could pay everybody. I feel like we're doing pretty good. But when you actually have the data showing, you know, what percentage of profit you actually made as the owner, um, how much you're paying your your team, and, and honestly, is that low? Can you bump it up? That's right. Like, can you uh, appreciate them more monetarily? Uh, all those things are really helpful. And then inventory, are you way over on your inventory cost? And do you need to look at that? Uh, those things have really helped me look at things from a more logical side and not emotional side and then i think make better business decisions in the long run yeah i think with any small business a lot of times we've run off of emotion right we run off of what we feel Mm -hmm. and a lot of times those emotions and feeling may be correct but to be able to back that up with data allows you to make real educated decisions on what direction you want to go well and the other big component for me is when i am talking to the team as a whole about where we are where we want to go what our goals are i I'm very open, I think, about the financial side of things and and where we need to grow if we want to continue to add more people to the team or compensate people more. And that makes it easier, too, when it comes to giving raises or it comes to, you know, giving bonuses is being able to say, this is where we were last month. We had a great month. This month we're on track to do this and showing them that like their hard work and what they're doing is making a difference. But then also, and that is going to equate into you making more and you being more successful in the long run, I think is really important. Um, I know that I want us to make money from this hospital as owners, but really it's an investment in the long run. And it's a dream that we have as a family 
Um, and I'm really glad you talked me into it. Uh, so that is the basis, I think. Yeah. And again, we could through questions. If people need us to dig deeper into this, I mean, we can have 20 minute episodes on just one of these levers, right? Yes. And digging deep into why we did what we did or why you should consider doing something. And again, we may not be, you know, experts. We're not CPAs. We are not um, experts. We just had a lot of trial and error and, and kind of figured out what works for us and may or may not work for others, but at least give people a baseline to be able to build build off of. I think owning multiple businesses, even not in the industry and having those be successful is also helpful because some of the things that we've taken from that have been useful in regards to workflow, efficiency, having procedures and processes, which we want to make sure that we share uh, resources that have helped us. Um, we really have gotten a lot out of certain books. Mm-hmm. Um, so the E-Myth uh, for veterinarians has been great. Uh, my good friend, Dr. Peter Weinstein, is um, one of the authors on that. And it is great all- Great by the way. Yes, he's like the nicest. It is all about processes, procedures, and setting yourself up for success and your team up for success. So definitely check out The E-Myth by Dr. Weinstein and send us any questions you have uh, related to this episode, either through our social media uh, platforms or website, drcrockerpetvet.com. And make sure to keep watching, liking, and sharing and leaving those reviews so we can continue to grow and help you guys out uh, in the industry and help pet owners understand what it's really like in vet med. Thanks guys. 